got in the car today, um, I uh, I like to listen to the songs that we're going to hear, uh, we're going to sing together as a, as a community. I like to listen to them on the way um, to church in the morning time. I, I leave at about 7.30 in the morning, and um, I got a road dog. And uh, my son, who is five years old, he loves going with me. I think he likes going with me because he likes me to say to him, hey, do you want to ride in the back of the truck? And so I think he just comes to let me, for me to say, hey, the back's, the back's fair game. And so our trailer, our trailer place, some of you guys are judging me right now, our trailer place where we park our trailer is like half a mile on the corner. So I'll let him ride in the back of the truck. And I rode in the back of the truck my whole entire life, and look how normal I turned out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Those of you guys that know me, like, that's your problem. Um, it was the fumes coming into your truck. And so um, I like riding with him. And so I said, hey, son. He goes, uh, I said, let's listen to some worship music on the way to church. He goes, I got you, Dad. I got you. That's how my son talks to me. Um, I think he said Wes. I think he's, I got you, Wes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. My wife hates when he calls me by my first name. And um, I've kind of just gotten used to it. And so, um, and so he goes, I got you, Dad. I got you. I got you. So he gets the phone out, and he starts YouTube, and, and he starts pulling up. I, I'm thinking he's going to pull up some worship song, you know. And the next thing I know, we're listening to SpongeBob on the way to church. <laughs> Or some other something. I don't even remember what it was, but I'm like, son, you didn't really put the worship on. He's like, this is better, Dad. This is better. I'm like, hey, you know what? Teach his own. And um, and so he, but he, so we finally, I got the phone back from him. We had to arm wrestle for it. I almost lost. And uh, I'm like, hey, son, let me uh, let me put some songs on. So we put in this song, Ever Be, that we just sang. And um, my son's my son's listening. Him. He's five. He's starting to place where he can he can listen. And I love all of our dream team members, but I especially love our dream team members that serve in our kids area because they're shaping a generation. They're shaping generations. They're changing the generation that they're in, but they're changing future gener- generations. If you in, if you if you invest in kids, you can you have the opportunity to to in, to uh, affect and effect generations to come. And so, so trips like so what this song is saying like we have to we're singing ever be on my lips praise everybody. He's like trips like so does that mean we have to like sing to God all of the time, <laughs> like nonstop? And I'm like, yes, but no. And he said, he goes, what's it mean, Dad? What's it mean? I said, you know, we're, we're supposed to live lives. Where we're just, we're talking about God and we're talking about what he's doing in our lives. And so we're, it's kind of be on our lips. And so I love, love, love hanging out with him. Love these songs that we sing. Hey, if you're new today, we're glad you guys are here today. You're, you're our guest. And so if you need anything today, find anyone with a dream team lanyard on. And we love to serve you if we can. And we want you to know this. If you just came in for your first time ever at a church, we want you to know you're welcomed and you're wanted here. And uh, you don't have to fit any type of category, any type of uh, structure system. You just come the way you are. And I tell people every week, you don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. You can just come and hang out with us and drink coffee and go to our Bible studies, paint nights, if you will, if you're a lady. <laughs> and uh, we just love hanging out with people and doing life with them. So you're welcome to your one in here today. And, and uh, we're glad you guys are here today. Everyone to me in this room here is, is special today. And we're glad that you guys are here today. But I, uh, my, my parents sent me to Christian school. And... Um, I'm glad they did because I wouldn't have made it any other way because I'm a mess still. And so it helped me a little bit. And, um, but the, uh, the founder of Christian Education is in this room in here today. And it's Diana, my wife, who just loves some worship. It's, it's her dad. It's her grandpa. And I always tell my, every time I see Diana's grandpa, I tell him, I said, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be in ministry. Because I got saved at a Christian school. And at a Christian school, I went into, went into full-time ministry. And I'm just thankful that he believes in us. And so for a year, we've almost a year old, I've been saying, when are you going to come to my church? When you come to, I said, the only reason why I started the church is because, because you started a Christian school. I said, you at least got to come see all the churches. He started more churches than he can visit. But he's here today. Can we just thank him for being here today and give him a warm welcome? Yeah, love that guy. Love that guy. Every time I see him, he says to me, how's my preacher doing? I'm like, I don't think I broke anything yet. <laughs> 
Keep praying, though, because apparently it's working. And, um, and so I'm glad he's here today. And we've been in a series called That's Not What He Said. That's Not What He Said. And we watched that video leading into our time together today. And one of the things, one of the phrases that are, one of the phrases that we've kind of have adopted over the last few weeks is, is this phrase, that's not what he said. And so what we're doing is this, is that over time, culture has given us lines or people have given us lines and maybe say, oh, you know, you know what God says. You, you know what God says. And we've made them to be truth. We made them be true and we've hung on to them. And so one of the things that I realized in life is that we've, we've, we've said that a lot. Oh, you know, you know what God says. You always know what God says. Someone said one of the phrases that we looked at is, that, is this, is that God won't give you more than you can handle. And God never said that. Because if you've lived life long enough, you realize God has given you. If, you've, if you're older than 30 or maybe older than 25, you've been given a lot. You've been given an overwhelming amount. And you're like, man, God has given me more than I can handle. <laughs> I've got that. I'm, I'm, I'm in that club. You know, and most of us are. I mean, I've been, giving, I've been given more than I can handle. God gives us more than we can handle because he wants us to rely on him for his presence. I heard someone say this week that your situation may stink, but God is still good. Your situation may stink, but God is still good. And I edited that for you guys um, for your listening and enjoyment. But it does matter. One of the phrases that we looked at today or someone said a long time ago and it's been passed on to us is it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. And that's not what God said. That's not what he said. It doesn't matter. what you. In that video we watched, it says um, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. It doesn't matter what you believe. God never, never said, it actually does matter what you believe. What you believe matters. It, because what you believe, it, it depends, it, it, it depicts on where you're going. It, what you believe, it matters on how you're going to get through what you're going through. It matters how you're going to get to the other side of the, if you've ever been in the valley, if you've been live long enough, you're going to get to the valley. You've got to believe some stuff. You've got to be made up of some stuff inside you that's going to make you that's going to make you believe to, enough to get to the other side or to get to where God has for you. So you have to, you, it does matter what you believe. One of the things I love about this Winter Garden community is I feel like in this area, I feel like I'm living in the country. <laughs> and you're like, that's weird. I, I, it's just, I live, I live in a Kobe Winter Garden area and it's just so small compared to Orlando. It's just, it's 40,000 people in Winter Garden. And I feel like it's small. And, and so we moved out here. I got a pickup truck to pull our church trailer. And, and now I'm carrying around a pocket knife. I feel like that's what you're supposed to do in your country. You know, I'm like, I'm carrying a pocket knife, boy. And, and uh, I used to carry, I used to carry, um, I used to carry a gun. And, um, but my jeans have gotten tighter. It's hard to put a gun in skinny jeans. And so I used to carry a gun. But I feel like I fit it. But it's, I feel like it's country out here. But here's one of the things. Because it's so small and it is that hometown feel, I, I feel like you could know everybody in this, in this city. And unless, unless that's just me, you're like, man, this guy is a people junkie. I am. I want to know everybody. I want to go to all the local restaurants. I want to know people. I want to know everyone like Heather Fracken knows everybody. I want to know all the people. And so as I begin to meet people, one of the coolest things is that people are starting to seek me out to have conversations. And two of the conversations that I've had this year in the last, in the last probably three or four months, it's been with two atheists. And they said, hey, I, I saw your church, and so I wanted to ask you some questions about Jesus. I had another guy call me, and he said, hey, um, he... He uh, works at a place that I frequent, and he just said to me, um, hey, can, are you the pastor of Hope Church? I said, yeah. He goes, can we, can we get together? And I said, yeah. And, and I, I, I get down, I, have, I sit down with these guys, and I have coffee, and, and I'll meet with any, honestly, obviously I'll meet with anybody, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not trying to convert people. We're not, our, goal, our goal in life isn't to convert people. Our goal in life is to love people. Our church's goal is to love all people at all times and all places and let God do the work. And so as I'm doing life, I'm meeting these guys, and they're, and they're coming to me, and, and he said, you know, one guy said to me, it really doesn't matter what you believe. 
One guy said to me this, he goes, I don't believe in anything. I don't believe in anything. And, and here's, what I, here's what I would say to these guys. I would rather, here's, just, this is just logical. I would rather believe in something than nothing any day of the week. I would, I'd, rather, I'd rather believe in something and find out that I was wrong and, and then land down that I was wrong. But I'd rather believe in something than believe in nothing. Because here's what I believe about, about believing in nothing. If you believe in nothing, then you just go through life and you just exist. And the worst thing possible for you is go through life and, and just exist. I was at a funeral just a few days, just a few weeks ago for a 40-something-year-old man who, who died, whose who life was cut super, super short. And one of the things that the guy said about his friend, he said, you know, a lot of people live, a lot of, a lot of people live life. A lot of, people, a lot of go, people go through life, but they never, ever have their purpose. Another guy said like this, everyone dies. Everyone dies. But not everyone truly lives. I told you guys a few weeks ago, I was awake. I woke up, and I'm like, God, please let the next day get here. <laughs> God, let Wednesday get here. I woke up, God, let Thursday get here. Let Friday get here. Let Saturday get here. Man, if you believe in nothing, you're just going to end up nothing. I heard someone say recently, if you aim at nothing, you can hit that every time. If you're going nowhere, you're going nowhere. If you don't believe in anything, you got nowhere to go. If you don't believe in anything, you have no purpose. You have no direction, nowhere to go. And so I want to give you a little bit of hope today. I want to give you a little bit of encouragement today that there's actually something out there that you can actually believe in. There's something, there's actually, it, it does matter what you believe in. And we actually, it does matter who you believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter, it matters why you believe. It matters because it affects your future. It affects your today. You have to believe something. And so I want to challenge you today that my prayer for you is that when you leave here today, you'll say, man, I believe in something. Hopefully it's a someone, but you'll say, man, I believe in something. If you have a Bible, you can flip over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, it's super cool. It'll be on these 10-foot Bibles that we have in the, in the sky here. Um, but here's what I know. We, we, we take a stand on God's word at our church. We're, we're, we're a Bible church. We believe in the Bible. We don't have a lot of rules, but we believe in the Bible. <laughs> so we believe. We believe in Jesus and we believe in the Bible. And that's pretty much it. And um, we believe those two things because they're constant. We believe Jesus is constant. And the Bible tells us that in the beginning, God was the word and the word is God. So we believe when we read our Bible, we actually believe God is actually speaking to us. And so we want to look at this Bible, and, and I, I wrote down this also. I, as I read this Bible, and as I've, I've only lived life a little bit of time, I've only, I'm only 34 years old, and hopefully God will use me for a long time, and hopefully I'll do your funerals and you won't do mine. And, um, but I, I realize this, I've, I've been alive long enough to know this, that the world will leave you confused. The world will leave you confused, and it'll leave you not knowing what to actually believe. It'll leave you not knowing what to believe. I mean, if you, if you, if you go out there and you just follow media, and you, you'll, you'll be confused. Get on social media today, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of social media. I believe you ought to have every account. I believe it's, there's good in it. But here's the, here's the reality. Here's the truth. Is that it, it, it can be very confusing. If you, if you believe everything you see on social media, you can be confused. If you believe everything, you, you, don't, you don't even know. What's, most of you guys don't even know which news outlet to listen to. I heard someone say, I saw someone post recently, oh, I can't trust the news. The news, the news um, ceased to be news 10 years ago. <laughs> if you follow the world, you can be confused. Well, who do I, who do I go for? What do I, where do I go? What do I do? What do I, what do I shop there or shop there? And you, you, can be, if you, don't, you can be super confused if you follow the ways of the world. Things change. The world is constantly changing. And here's the deal. You have two options. You can take your cues from culture or you can take your cues from God's word that's, been, that's constant. Or you can take it from the culture. Culture is like the wind. It just depends on what day it is. 
No, we wear what we wear because culture tells us what to wear. That's why we, wear. we listen, we listen because culture tells us what to listen. That's kind of where we go. We go the way of culture. Oh, you like that? Cool. I like that because all my friends are wearing it. Oh, I like that because this is, a, oh, my friend likes that. If you're not careful, you can take your cues from culture, but it'll always leave you confused because culture is going to change. If the wind changes, it's going to change. So I hope you leave today encouraged knowing that you can know what to believe. John chapter 14 is a conversation, and I believe this. That we're, going to, we're going to pull out a verse out of this text, but I believe this, this, in this scripture, in this, this text that we're going to read today, I believe it can shape the rest of your life. You're like, oh, man, I came on a great Sunday. I want my life to be shaped. I believe this one verse can shape the rest of your life, the rest of your years. If you're 20, I believe the next day it can shape you. If you're 40, I believe it can shape the rest of your, I believe everything that you're going through in life, it can shape it. You're like, man, give me one verse, Wes. And you're probably thinking, oh, John 3, 16, that's a great verse. It's be the most verse Googled after the Super Bowl in, in February, but it's not that verse. This one verse can shape the future of your life. It can, shoot, it can shape the direction of your life. It can shape the thoughts of your life. It can shape where you're going. And so I want to give it to you today. John chapter 14 Jesus is talking here in this text, John chapter 14, uh, verse 1. It starts off very confusing. It says here, don't let your hearts be troubled. You know, that, you know that phrase, hey, don't touch that. If you tell your kid, don't touch that, what do they do? They touch that. Don't know, I, my aunt is not here today, but my aunt used to send us Christmas gifts super early. Don't open until December 25th. Terrible idea. I'm a gift guy. I want to open. If you sent it, it got there. I want to open it. Why would we wait for December when I got the gift today? That's like getting a gift. So if you say, oh, don't let your hearts be troubled. The reason why is because they're, 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 the hearts are troubled. And in life, you go through troubles. And so this is a great text because I believe we live in a day and in a, in a time where I feel like most people are feeling like they're in trouble. They're in some sort of turmoil. They're in some sort of, some sort of conflict. Or they're in some sort of situation like they're trying to get out of it or they're trying to get through it. And this says, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm tuned in, Wes. Jesus says to himself, trust in God and trust also in me. Trust in, Jesus says, trust in my dad and trust in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. He's talking about heaven. There's a real heaven. The Bible says this, if this was not so, I would have not told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. Jesus is talking to some of his closest friends and he said, hey guys, don't be troubled. I'm going to go prepare this place and you're going to love it. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. And we're going to talk about that at a later date here at Hope, heaven. But heaven is a real place. Heaven's amazing. He says, don't be troubled. There's going to be rooms for everybody. The worst thing ever is wanting to go on vacation and not having a place to stay. Everything's booked up. I got a friend who said, hey, we want you to go with us on spring break. I said, cool, where are you going? He goes, we're going to the panhandle. I'm like, why do you book it so early? He goes, oh, because that's what normal people do when they book vacations. They, they book six months in advance. I'm like, I just need two weeks. <laughs> Two days. I'm like, hey, babe, let's go out of town next week. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. She's like, we didn't plan it. I'm like, that's even better. Let's do it. He says, hey, I've, I've got rooms for you guys. There's a, place for, there's a place for everyone in Winter Garden in heaven. There's a place. There's a home. I'm going to go build a home. He's telling his disciples that. When everyone is all ready, I'm going to come back and get you. So God's coming back again. I mean, you've heard the story. of you've heard, If you've been in church or you've been around long enough, you know, there's, there's a thing called Easter. And Christ comes and he dies again, but he actually raises again three days later. And then he sends back in heaven. He says, guys, I'm going to come back again. He tells the disciples, I'm about to leave this earth, but don't be, don't be troubled. I'm going to come back again. I'm actually going to prepare a place for you and you're going to love it. So he says here, when everything is ready, I'll come and get you so that you will always be where I am. And he says to them this, this phrase and they're like, oh, great. Here's another one of those churchy Jesus things that I just don't understand. And you, he goes this, Jesus says this. And you know the way 
to where I'm going. And they're like, uh, what? So he's telling them, I'm about to leave you guys, but I'm going to come back. That's confusing. My kids today, if I drop them off, I mean, some of you guys know, we, I, love you, I love everyone that has babies in here today. I love them. But I, it's, when you go drop off a two-year-old or one-year-old off, and you're like, I'm going to come back, those kids are like, you freaking liar. And what happens is you, you parents, you lie. And I've lied. And you didn't come back. You came back an hour later. Well, an hour for a two-year-old is an eternity. And so when you walk in, that kid's like, you betrayer. <laughs> you get behind me, Satan. <laughs> That's what we teach him in our kids' service. But you, you're like, you, but you, you lie. I, I dropped my fiber off. And I'm like, hey, if you need me I, the, at the school we, that, we, that we dropped them off, or we, we take them to, we used to work at the church. I'm like, hey, listen, if you get sick, I'm, I'm sick. They always, have, they always get sick on Monday. You know, kids hate Monday too. Kids that hate Monday turn into adults that hate Monday. Um, but I, I'm like, hey, bud, I'm going to be right across the hallway. If they need me, they can come get me. They better not come get me, but I'm going to be here. And they're like, and that's, that's confusing for a two-year-old one year. I'm, I'm going to come back and get you. Well, an hour later, hour, 10 minutes later, depending on if the preacher's excited or not. Like, where have kids, like, where have you been? <laughs> it flips when your kid's 16. You look at your kid like, hey, where have you been? <laughs> I'm not there yet, thank God. But he, he says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you, but good news, I'm going to come back and get you. All right. Sounds confusing, but I trust you, God. We've been hanging out the last few years. We're just, we're just high school, middle school boys following you around, going wherever you want us to go, healing people and, and hanging out with them and loving people and giving water to the people who need water, giving food to people who need food. And like, we're just going to be here waiting for you to come back, I guess. This is awkward. And he says, I'm going to come back. And he goes, and then he says, we know, you know where we're going. He goes, they're like, no, bro, we don't know where you're going, bro. I don't know if they said it or not, but that's what I said. We don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus says in this verse, and this is the verse I want to pull out today. Jesus told him, hey, guys, I am the way. I'm the way to where I'm going. I'm the truth to get you there. And I'm the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do not know, you do know him and you have seen him. The Bible says, Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Anyone has seen me has seen my father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Do you believe that I am the father and the father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name. I will do it. What a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal text. And honestly, for time's sake, we're not going to get through all of it. It's probably a four-week sermon series, or maybe it's a six-week sermon series. I don't know. We only do things for three weeks around here because I've got ADD. And, um, but here's what I want to get out today. John chapter 14, verse 6. The Bible says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No man come to the Father except through me. It matters what you believe. It matters what you believe. I have a truck 
that I believe it will start, and when I get in it, I hope it starts, because <laughs> I believe it. I have a home that I believe that when I turn the water on, the water is going to come on. I believe it. You have to believe something. You sit in a chair today, and you believed it would hold you up, and now that you're an adult, you've never, ever sat in a chair, and I wondered the question, is this thing going to hold me up? The same chair I've sat in the last year, or the last three months at this church, because you believed in it enough that it's always going to be there for you. It matters what you believe. I believe this verse carries the keys to your future. It matters what you believe. That very first phrase there, the Bible says here that in this text, Jesus says, I am the way. I wrote down this phrase, and I want you to grab it today. What you believe determines where you're headed. What you believe determines where you're headed. What you believe determines what you're headed. Anybody got the iPhone 7 yet? Did you, did you get it? Did you, not yet? Yeah, of course you did. That makes sense. You're a tech guy. You had to get it. Um, I'm in a community group, and uh, I love it. This is the first time in eight years I actually sit in a community group, and I don't lead the community group. I lead one, and I go to one. I lead one that's 35 minutes from my house, and then I've got one that meets in my house. I just sit in every week, and I show up and hang out. And it's awesome. And, and Josh and Victoria lead my group, and it's weird because I'm like, I'm the pastor of the church, but I'm in a community group. And I'm not leading it. And in my community group, we had a, we had a, I love my community group. One of the people that come to my community group is a, is a, is a couple named uh, Brittany and Dukes. And I love Dukes. And uh, he's a good guy. He's, a, he's got two national championship rings from Ohio State. He comes to my community group. Well, he said, man, the iPhone 7 comes out this week. It's going to be a mess at Verizon. He works at Verizon. And I said, all right, cool. So I went to go get lunch this week. I was by myself. And I had the best. This is just a little, I'm getting hungry. This is the time of service where I get hungry. I had the best Five Guys burger I've ever had in my entire life this past week. I think they'll be serving it when we get to heaven. I'm not sure, but I think so. It was the best Five Guys burger. But anyways, I was going to get Five Guys and right next to his Verizon. I thought to myself, I'm going to go say hi to Dukes. It just makes sense that I go say hi to Dukes because he's around all these people. All they want is a stupid phone and they'll do anything to get it because people are crazy for iPhone 7s. They're nuts for it. Like I want my phone. I want my phone right now. And he says, after a certain while, the phones sell out. So I thought, I'm going to go in there and be a, a happy face. I don't need the seven yet. I don't know if I need it tomorrow, but I don't need it yet, you know. And so I'm going to go in there and just say hi to them. And so I walked in there, and people are all over the place, and it's a mess. And he's back there, and I went back there to say, hey, do you? I said, hey, what's up, man? He goes, looked at me like, hey, pray for me. <laughs> I said, hey, man, I just wanted to say, just to say, hey. And I reached out and gave him some love, some dap, like brothers do. It was like an exercise. And it's like, what's up, bro? And I love my phone. I love the iPhone. My favorite feature on, my favorite feature on the iPhone is the, is, is, the, is the directions, the maps. I love to hold my phone up and say, Siri, open up maps. I love that feature because it's, it's great for ADD people because it can just tell you what to do as long as you can pay attention to it. Sometimes Danny goes, hey, I'm going to pull up the maps. I say, go for it. You know what? I, I, like, to, I, like, to know where I'm, I like to know where I'm going to go. Sometimes Danny will pull the maps up. And I'll secretly get my phone out, and I'll still pull the directions up. Because <laughs> I'm a guy, probably. And I, we want to know, we want to act like we know where we're going. I love that iPhone feature because I want to know where I'm headed. But in life, I want to know where I'm headed, too. I mean, what, 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 wouldn't it be crazy to go your whole life and not ever knowing where you're going to go? I've been on some motorcycle trips with my father-in-law. And uh, can't talk about all the stuff right now because we don't have time. But it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a good sermon series. We have a blast. And he always says to me, Wes, doesn't matter where, when we get there, you'll know. I, don't, I trust him. I never, I, after the first trip, I quit asking him. But here's what I, I get in trouble sometimes, because sometimes I get, I get left back and I'm just stuck back there with Derek. And neither one of us know where we're going. 
but we're having a good time, having a blast. We don't, we don't even care. Phones die. We don't even know. One time we got, one time we were in, um, we were at the, on, on, on Atlanta and we're at the 400 split there and Derek was driving his bike and his, his backpack fell off the bike. I stopped to get it. And it took me a while to get it. And I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what hotel we were going now. And anything in Atlanta is, 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 Atlanta is like a little picture of hell, you know? <laughs> just is nuts. That traffic scenario, like, I love, if you're from Atlanta, I love you. But I'm just saying, the, the traffic, you know it's not good either. Don't judge me. But that forest split is nuts. I didn't know where I was going. But I was out there for so long that eventually someone called the cops and said, I think someone's suicidal out there on 400. They thought, they thought I was going to run out there. I wasn't going to run out there. I don't want to die. I like myself too much. I don't want to die. But I was waiting. I was waiting. So someone came back and got me and showed me how to get to where we're going. But you know what? I want to know where I'm going in life. And this verse is there because Jesus says, I am the way. And Wes, God wants you to know. God wants me to tell me, hey, you want to know where you're going? You got to follow the way. In the Bible, they call following Jesus, they actually call it people that follow the way. The way. I want to know where I'm going. But if I don't know, if I don't believe in anything, I'm not going to know where I'm going. I'm just going to be wandering all the time. I don't want to wander. I don't want to go through life wandering and wondering if I'm going to make it there or not and get where I'm supposed to go. I want to know where I'm going to go. I, and can I tell you today? I know where I'm going. And I'm not talking about heaven. Heaven's going to be awesome. I'm talking about today. I know where I'm going. What you believe determines where you're headed. John chapter 14 says, I am the way. It also says, I am the truth. I am the truth. I wrote down this phrase, what you believe determines what you stand for. How do you know what you're going to stand for? How do you know that? How do you know what you're going to stand for? I know what I'm going to stand for. How do you know what you're going to stand for? Some of you do know. How do you know what you're going to stand for? Well, the Bible tells us that he is the way and he is the truth. And if you're following the truth, you actually know what to stand for. I'm glad I know what to stand for. I love social media, but I hate it too. Because everyone's, this is what you got to believe, this is what you got to believe, this is what you got to believe. And I'm like, hey, those things don't even matter. Can I say this to you? I got a, I got a text the other day uh, from a friend of mine. And he says, I know when God's coming back. It was on a church, it was on a church billboard sign, which I'm glad we don't have a church billboard because if we did... <laughs> We'd be putting some wild stuff on that church billboard. <laughs> Don't come in. <laughs> You're going to love this place. You know, hey, we'd be putting some whacked out stuff. Stuff that pops, man, I'd be out there. Anyways, this sign said uh, on my phone, it says, um, God's coming back soon. Dot, 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 dot. I know when. Dot, 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 dot. And then and I was like, I'm reading it. Third time it says, right before the election. I was like, come Lord Jesus. <laughs> And so many people are counting on their party to win so they can know where they're going to go and so they can know what to believe in. Jesus did not die for a political party. Just freebie. Like, oh, cool, awesome. I had a guy say to me, I don't even know what you believe in. I don't even know where you stand at. I stand for the, I stand for the truth. I stand for this. I, I'm not count, listen, I'm, I'm not counting on the government to save my life and to get me through. I'm just not going to do that because you can't trust that. I can, only, I can only trust this thing. I know that this is good and this is true and I want to believe this. This is, what, this is the coolie that I'm drinking. I want to, what you believe determines what you stand for. You know what I stand for? I stand for this and I stand for the hurting. That's what I stand for. Our church, we say this, everyone has a hurt habit or hang up. I stand for people. I stand for people. I got on the phone this, I got on the phone this uh, Thursday, Friday morning with my coach. 
I said, oh, man, he's all doing I said, I was going great. I said, church truck broke down at Chick-fil-A parking lot. Shocker. And uh, it's going great, man. It's going to cost X amount of dollars. And, you know, I'm trying to get this. And God's, God, we really want God to give us a church office. We go to try to get a church office this week. And the guy says to me, yeah, we got a, we got a church office space for you. I'm like, cool, awesome. So we went and looked at it. And, and we tried to work out the price and trying to do all the negotiating stuff. And then the lady says to me, I emailed her friend. I said, hey, we're good. We're, we're in. We're, we're satisfied. We want to give us a contract. We're going to get it. And she goes, oh, we have, we have three other people who are interested. I said, okay. No big deal. I'll bring you a check today. Oh, we're going to wait to see what they say first. Like, you're lucky I'm a Christian. I'd come through this phone. No, I'm just kidding. I'm so laid back. That stuff doesn't bother me. He's like, man, it sounds like it's, the guy, my coach, it sounds like it's crappy. I'm like, I know, but it's great. Because <laughs> I don't, that stuff is just, it's trivial. The truck's trivial. You could borrow a truck to pull the truck. It would all work out. But here's the deal. I want to know what to stand for. And so at our church, we make a big deal about what we stand for, not what we're against. Because what we're against, the list could be forever long. And that's not going to, you, you, you shouting what you're against is not going to encourage anybody, just so you know. Like here's a little freebie social media um, training class that I'm offering right now, Travis. Here it is. If you're a believer in here today and all you ever do is post negative, you don't got very many followers on social media, just so you know, because people delete that junk. And the more time they delete that junk, the less they're in your feed. Like, why don't people like my stuff? People don't like your stuff because you're always negative. <laughs> That's just a freebie. If you're positive, you ever see people and you're like, man, why do they get so many likes on their social media? Because those are people that are positive. They're encouraging. People want to be encouraged today because things are so discouraging. People want to look at something positive when they're at their job. If all you post is political stuff, people don't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. I was talking to Lee today, Lee this week about his business. He's opened up a CrossFit business. Um, CrossFit gym right across town and he said you know I'm just I just you get on Facebook and like every other post is a political post I said there's people out there that are looking for positive I said so don't be don't use Facebook if you can because everyone's on it I mean you're even your mom even my mom's on it <laughs> you know like like when the moms run that's everybody like moms dads grandparents grandmas everybody's on it I'm like be on there that's where everybody's at but man why don't we stand for why don't we make a big deal about what we stand for instead of what we're against and if you, stand for, if you stand for the right things, people will already know what you're against, by the way. That'll just come to them. That'll be, it'll, it'll make sense. So what you, the Bible says, I am the way, I am the truth. What you believe determines what you stand for. And the third thing, he says, I'm the life. What you believe determines how you live your life. Can I ask you a question today? How's your life going? How's your soul? Is that going well? Is that a good part of your life? Is that a bad part of your life? How's your, how's your soul doing in, in there? I got a friend I follow. I listen to him a lot. He's writing, he's writing a book on the soul. 250 pages on your soul. How's your soul doing? Because what's in your soul is going to come out in your life. I want to know how to live my life. And God says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am, I am the life. I'm not living for my life. Honestly, I'll give you a little free. My life's not worth living for. It's piddly. My life's not worth living for. It's not. I want to live my life for God and for helping people. That's what we want to do. We flirt in our church around 190 people, 180 people, maybe 200 people come in attendance. And they just come, just pop in from time to time. The average person goes to church one time a month. Our church is great. You guys come a lot. I feel like you guys come a lot. 
And um, we have 120 people in, that have gone through community, that are in community groups. And you can look around and say, oh, man, we got about 120 adults in here right now. And so we have over half, almost, almost three quarters of our people that come to Hope Church in a community group. And you know what? I love community groups. You want to know why? Because we talk about how to live our lives. That's what we talk about. We talk about how, how do we live our lives. And I love the stories that come in community groups because people are like, when you get in a circle, something happens in a home, in a circle, something about the combination, the most amazing things happen there. It's great. I love it. So stuff like, hey, man, I'm just really going through this struggle. Can you pray for me? Or, hey, one guy said, I lost my job. Another guy across the thing said, oh, man, he lost his job. So he's like, hey, can I, can I be honest? Yeah, I lost my job too. I didn't tell you guys about last week because I know we were a lot of sheriffs to share like what's going on. I'm like, yeah. And he says, yeah, I lost my job too. And so these two guys are praying for each other. And so people are looking to see, I, I, I've said this a thousand times, but people are looking to see if you have a scar where they have a wound. And so he's like, man, I, got, I lost my job too. Oh, you lost your job too. And so now these guys are praying for each other. Every time this guy prays to find himself a job, he's praying for the other guy to find him a job. And one guy found a job and I believe the next guy's gonna find a, a job. I just believe it's gonna happen. I just believe that the next guy's gonna find the job. Another guy says to me, hey, pray for me. I'm looking for a job. So now I've got three guys I'm praying for to find a job. But I love being in the context of community because we're talking about how to, how to live our lives. I love that. And there's nothing more real life than talking about re having real life stories of people saying, hey, I'm just trying to live my life. I'm trying to live my life. And um, one of the people that were in my group last year, they, uh, they left my group. You're like, probably because you're a lunatic. Probably. <laughs> they left my community group and they left my community group they left my community group because they were they now lead a community group and uh, they have a daughter and uh, she's 20 and she, she said hey can I talk to you and your wife this week I said yeah come over and talk I've known her for 10 months 9 months 20 something years old 20 years old and she says hey can I get can we come over and I'm like yeah come over and my wife she's the warrior she's like oh my gosh what's she going to tell us and I'm like I don't care whatever she gets here it'll be great and then she texts us hey my mom's coming too I'm like oh it's bad <laughs> like if you bring your mom you know it's bad that's just heads up hey I need to talk to you I'm bringing my mom and um, so then she sits down and she says, hey, I need to tell you guys something. I'm like, oh, great, what's up? And she's like, I want to bring my mom because I haven't told my mom yet. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Why did you tell You're going to tell your mom now? I'm like, we're leaving. You know, you tell her and we'll come back inside the room. Like, we're not stupid. Like, you know, I mean, I am, but Diana's not. We're going to get out of here. We'll come back after you're done telling her. And she goes, oh, she, she, you know what she said to me? You know, her, you know her biggest struggle right now is? It's this. She said, I just want my life to count for something so much more than just my life. She's like, I want to live my life. I want to, I want to live my life for people. I want to live my life for me. I want to make a difference. If Jesus is the way and he's the truth, because he's the life, we, we, we're supposed to exist to bring life change to other people. That's why we exist. That's why we exist. We exist to, 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 to lift people up and to encourage them, to put our arm around them, to walk through life with them. That's why we exist. We don't exist to, to go make money and to spend it and to have kids and be grandparents and spoil the kids and then die and then that's it. We don't exist to do that. We exist, our, our life exists so that we can make a difference in other people's lives. My, Diana's dad didn't start, Diana's grandpa didn't start Christian schools because he thought it'd be a good idea. He did it because God led him to live a life that's gonna help, help make a difference in other people's lives. And that carried out. And his son, my father-in-law, has been all around the world and started countless churches 
We've seen people's lives change forever because he knows his life doesn't account for himself, it's just account for other people. He's one of the most generous guys I know. And then Diana, what else can I say about her? She's awesome. And she wants her life to count. And it's just passed down from generation to generation. And we hope our life, our lives count. Our lives count for something so much more. And then we met Taylor and Garrison. I love them. And they're, and I, I said, they lead a community, they're in a community group and they lead a community group. And they said, I said, send me a picture of a community group. And there's about six or seven high school kids in their community group in their house. And I thought to myself, man, that's the picture. We, we're, we're supposed to, and I've, I've had several coffees with, with them over the last year and I've encouraged them with their life and their direction. And, and now their life is making sense. And now when their life makes sense, they're actually going to help other people. And so their life makes sense. And they're affecting not only, Garrison, you guys aren't affecting this generation. You guys are affecting generations to come. This isn't about this generation. This is about the next generation as well. When you invest in students, it affects generations to come. If you work in Hope Kids today, not today, but if you're on the rotation next week, you're affecting future generations. So how's your life going? I want to give you one more phrase and we'll be done. I don't want a life that looks good. I want a life that is good. I don't want a life that looks good. I want a life that is good. I also wrote on this, good people don't go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Only God's people do. Only God's people do. Wes, I don't even know where you're at. Here's what I want you to say. The Bible says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. When we move into a relationship with Jesus, which is what the church is all about. This church is all about people come here, come hang out with us. And we want to introduce them to Jesus. We want them to move into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then once we move into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we go out on a mission. And we go live a life that counts for other people. I want to hang out with Bernie and Dukes because they're cool. And because they dress cool. I, that's, those are good reasons. But I want to be close to them because I want to be around them so they can, so I can, so I can pass on what someone's given me. I can pass on to them. And they can go out in Verizon. They're both wherever they're going. And they can make a difference where they're going. That's why. And I believe that about you. You're going to make a difference. God's going to use you in such a great way. And everyone in this middle section, I believe God's going to use you in a great way. Kim Rusterfeld, I'm so glad you're back. And God's going to use you in a great way in this section over here. And, and I, want, I want God to use you guys in a great way. And God to use you guys in a great way. And God to use you way. But you have to believe in something. You have to believe he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. And when you believe those three things, you go out on a mission and you crush the game crush the game. You make a difference in people's lives. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. We're done for this morning, this part of our